The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many voices are more powerful than one. When we share ideas, developments, and power, we can achieve anything. Welcome to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. Your hosts are Dietta Jones and Richard Dent. Together, they have made a worthy life that includes a family, two businesses, a foundation, and much more. They're ready to help you find your personal success. Now, here are Dietta and Richard. Welcome to the first episode of DJ and Bear, keeping you at the top of your game. I'm DJ, Dietta Jones, that is, and I'm joined by my better half, or better three quarters, as I like to refer to him, National Football Hall of Famer and Chicago Bears legend, Richard Dent. You know, I always want to say, good morning, America. <laughs> so this is nice to be on a show. I get that from Robin Williams, that good morning, Vietnam. I would love to. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have your show. How are you doing there? <laughs> Folks out there, we're going to have a good time today. So let's get started, Miss D. <laughs> okay, listeners. So you will soon come to be familiar with our styles. But until then, I'll give you a sneak peek, as if Richard hasn't already provided us with that. He is the beauty, and I'm the beast. Ooh, mm. he's, the, he's, mm-hmm, he's the brains, and I'm the brawn. No, no, I'm just kidding, obviously. I'm, I'm, you're I'm, the brain, right? <laughs> I'm the brawn. You know, they have bronze me. Well, put me in, you know, in a hall now, so, you know, you can find me now. Brawn, not bronze, yeah, Richard. Okay. I know, but I was trying to use that. Yeah, you know, I was just stretching it somewhere else. You should, Go be, ahead. A, you should be a rapper. Okay. <laughs> So I'm the facilitator. I'm not just the facilitator of this show, but throughout my entire career, I am a professional speaker, an author, and a career coach. My areas of expertise are all things leadership, social justice, personal, and team effectiveness. I help leaders in organizations maximize workforce relationships in order to positively impact organizational culture, motivation, innovation, and creativity. So in essence, I've spent my life and my career listening and talking to others and providing professional guidance. I'll play the same role on this show with a little help from the powers that be, introducing new topics, (laughs) new ways (laughs) of looking at issues, encouraging new levels of discourse about some of the naughty, that is K-N-O-T-T-Y, and ongoing social issues we continue to struggle with and provide direct step-by-step guidance about how to deal with some real-life challenges. So listeners, we want to hear from you. Call us with your ideas and your challenges, and we will help you tackle them week after week. Yeah, we will try. Just give us a chance. Speaking of tackle, (laughs) I have to say, I was going to say next, Richard is the quiet one of the two, but I have not that experience of him so far today. Don't worry, he keeps getting warmed up. You'll, you'll You'll have plenty of time to recognize that he is quite the force to be reckoned with. Richard, to preserve your... I'm I'm doing air quotes now, false sense of modesty. (laughs) I'll tell a little bit about your football career. 
Be careful. I might tackle you. Mm-hmm. Okay, now go ahead. Richard, you were the MVP of Super Bowl Twenty with the beloved and feared 1985 Bears, arguably, arguably the best team That's in NFL definitely. history. Yes, yes. You played with some of the greats, Walter Payton, Jim McMahon, Mike Singletary, and William the Refrigerator Perry. Your NFL career spanned 16 years, four teams, two Super Bowl victories, four Pro Bowls, and 137 and a half sacks. long time. Lord have mercy, you are old. You have been retired from football since 1993 and have since been the CEO of a telecommunications and energy company, RLD Resources, based in Chicago. Did I leave anything out? And the way they're giving out checks today, I would love to come back and play again. But, you know, we're going to try to get one of our sons who may do that a little later. But, nah, I don't think you, I think you did okay there. Mm, get me started. Yeah. Okay, okay, how about this? Let me ask you a question so our listeners get a sense of who you are and how multifaceted you are. How did you get interested in telecommunications and energy? It, uh, it seems like a pretty big departure from hitting people on a football field. Well, everybody always talk about, you know, people, how do you go from here to there? You know, I, I was I was taught, you know, when I watched my mother, you know, she was a person that did a lot. You know, she used to do hair. She used to iron clothes. She used to cook. She used to clean and she used to do my taxes. So, you know, here's a person, I said, you know, watching my mother. I said, you know, watching her, she's giving me the strength. I said, here's a woman that did some things. I said, if, you know, a man should be able to do way more than a woman. And I'm sure we got women issues out there today that say something opposite. But, you know, I, I felt that, you know, she was, uh, you know, a, a really a rock in my life. And, you know, watching my brothers grow up, you know, everybody was daddy boys. You know, you got seven brothers and one sister. You know, we had a musician uh, group there. And and uh, I was, I guess I wasn't as talented enough as my brothers but uh so they had a band my father thought he had the next jackson fives in the early 60s and um yeah nobody really didn't give mother love everybody was all about trying to help father but um or trying to be you know seen or to be recognized uh in the community but um i had a chance uh, uh to be aside a wonderful woman that, you know, I love dearly, and I'm sure all my brother loved her too. But, uh, you know, she just taught me a lot of things about life, taught me, you know, how to deal with things. And, uh, you know, everybody uh, is great at something. It's not often that people find out what they're great at. And, and that's the most important part. Once you can do one thing, it, it opens a door for you to do something else. You know, like when we say rushing a quarterback, you have, you have to have one rush. In business, once you're able to, you know, put a mailbox up, put a stake in the ground and be in business, then, you know, God will bless you with other opportunities. But you must open that door and you must walk down that hall to to greatness and and give, you know, something a chance. You know, people say, well, what do you got to fall back on? What do you have to fall back on is the will to be dedicated to what you're doing. And if you're dedicated to that, then you can always try something else again, but not trying will put you back in life. It's interesting listening to your story, how your early childhood experiences, your family, the dynamics in your family helped you to shape the road you've traveled. I'm sure that's true for many people and many of our listeners, and I hope they share some of those with us along the way as we continue the show. 
I know that's also uh, certainly true of my own experience. Right. I noticed that. Yeah. He noticed it from our cue notes. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, my career began when I was a first-year undergraduate student at Colorado State University. Go Rams. I've never set foot on a college campus before the day I was dropped off at my dorm. That's the key. So you got dropped off. I got dropped off, too. Isn't that amazing? Well, yeah. you know, we're going to ask you to think about that in just oh, one second. Okay, go right ahead. Then. So, yeah, I'm imagining that having to struggle to get my bearings, and I'm sure some of this was similar for you. And then First time people, leaving, leaving the state? Then meeting people who would play some of the deepest mentoring roles of my life. It really helped me to find my what I would call my true north and clarify my values, my dreams, my sense of self-worth. It ignited right. me a drive that may otherwise have gone unrealized. And and it, I know that's similar of your own college experience, isn't it? No, without a doubt. I mean, I, I uh, went in on a package deal. Uh, my high school coach, William Lester, he knew that I wanted to leave the, the city of Atlanta to find myself. I knew what I wanted. It wasn't in Atlanta, Georgia, and I had to leave Georgia. And, uh, you know, the recruits was not coming in. I only played one year basketball and one year football. But, uh, you know, we graduated June 7th. Uh, June 8th, we was at Tennessee State enrolling in uh, summer school. And I can remember getting this job at Sunbeam. Let me tell you, that's a tough job. That was a very tough job. But, uh, and I remember the coach dropping me off, and the coach said, hey, uh, we, didn't, we didn't ask for this guy here. Coach said, good luck. Pat him on the shoulder. Good luck, coach. See you later. You know, and, and that was a guy, Joe Gillum, who he, who he patted on the shoulder. But, uh, you know, it, it's amazed. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I played offense, didn't know what I wanted, but I knew that, you know, it was something out there for me, you know, and it was, and I was destined to find what it was and willing to put all what I need to put in it. And and here I am today. So I have to put all this together. Finally, I'm having a little epiphany that sunbeam, that sunbeam experience is what swore you off of manual labor. So now he doesn't he won't pick up a hammer. Lord well, have mercy, listeners. But let me. But let they me. They moved mention. me all over the place. Women was working better than me. I mean, I went from picking up pots to pans, putting them on the oven, bread dropping, moving bread around on the basket. It, it's something else. But it was fun. But it, it was tough. It was tough labor. Really quick, before we go to break, I I had the honor of meeting Coach Gillum only once. And when you were being inducted into the Hall of Fame, he walked you in. He was a truly brilliant humanist. I felt the same way I did the couple of times I've been able to interact, interact with Dr. Cornell West. Like, this man knows more. He understands more than most people. He was pretty special. Oh, he was special. You know, you're in meetings all the time, especially, you know, ball players, athletes, whatever. Lights goes out. Guys kind of go to sleep. Here's a guy, every time he spoke, I mean, he had my full and undivided attention. Like For me. Whatever, whatever reason, it's just, it's just, you know, that's like how you, you are with me. Uh, That's just like that, full and undivided attention all the time. I need to be a little bit better, but yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but you know, this man was, you know, a special man, you know, and I mean, every, you couldn't be on his staff if you didn't have a master's degree if you wasn't coming back. You know, there's not many schools that every coach on that staff have to have a master's degree, otherwise, or working toward that. You and know, this so, is in 19-aught, what? Uh, this is 1960-something. Oh, 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 Lord have mercy, <laughs> you're younger than I thought. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> but also, uh, this was at a historically black. This was at, this, this at a historically true, black and, college and, and university, which is amazing. Right, and they, they have been doing this for quite some time. You know, he left Jackson State, him and uh, uh, John Merritt. They came to Tennessee State in the late uh, 50s, early 60s. I got there in 79, and, and, you know, you don't appreciate it until you get a chance to look back and see the specialness that you had and, and, and what they were offering the guy. There's many guys, you know, it's all about going to school. If you didn't go to school, they would roll you, you know, two steps, jump, flip over, roll, or mud, rain, sleet, snow, whatever it may be. Or you can pay your way through school, and obviously you have a scholarship. So they was all about education, but yet all about teaching young men how they're going to be proceed in life and how do you get over certain hurdles so listeners i just want to let you know that richard just used a word that i had never heard before he said they would roll you r-o-l-l i want you to go to our blog during the break and look up roll we're well, going to make a note of it but i also two steps flip over <laughs> or lay down and continue to roll a hundred yards up and down ten times whatever when you do bad things they always bring you close <laughs> not push you away when things are not going well lord have mercy yeah, and i want you something. to post to the blog if you have any experience with rolling and if you do just post to the blog we will have our heart and sympathy with you because we're talking like about I, going I down the highway <laughs> pumping your hand we rolling no we ain't talking about that <laughs> Richard, when we get back from break, let's talk about our families and um, a little bit about the foundation. We're not we're not quite ready to talk about it yet, but I want us to, when we come back from break, start talking about. I'd love for listeners to be able to hear a little bit about um, the foundation that you started um, for your mother, and then yes. some of the good work that continues to happen with that foundation, and how we're um, moving forward and doing some new things in the city of Chicago. In the meantime, I want us to uh, switch gears for a few minutes. While we're at a commercial break, I want you to please visit our website at www.dietajones.com to check out our, our latest blog post, and including the one on today's show, and share your comments. Or hit us up on Twitter, at Dieta M. Jones or at Richard underscore Dent 95. Again, at Dieta M. Jones and at Richard underscore Dent 95. We want to hear from you. Please post your thoughts. We'll Give us back. a call. We rolling. <laughs> it's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, Sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or download it to Kindle. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Dietta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dietta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at dietajones.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to djones at dietajones.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, we're back and continuing our conversation on who are Richard Dent and Dieta Jones. So, Richard, before we went to break, we were talking about um, where we come from, about your, our families and about some of the dynamics that happened in our families, about some of the college experiences that we had and some of the yeah. people who shaped our experience. And I know one of the things that you care about and have for many years cared about is your own ability to give back to your community kind of writ large. You created the Make a Dent Foundation to extend your ability to help others and provide opportunities and resources yeah, yeah. for people who need life-sustaining uh, skills. Tell us where that came from. Beyond Coach Gillum, tell us where your desire well, to give back came from. Well, that you know that started you know, growing up as a kid. You know, uh, you know that started with my mother. It's uh, <clears throat> you know I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, in East Lake, and uh, like I said, I had seven brothers and. One sister, and you know, we used to have our own little, you know, band. We used to put on our own little talent shows in the backyard, charge a quarter to get in. We used to, you know, uh, concerts around in different parks around the community. And you know, my mother was always one of the ones that, you know, kids that didn't have somewhere to go or friends of ours. We used to, you know, we didn't have much space. You know, you figure seven boys in one bathroom, and next thing you know, you got eight boys. In one bathroom and two parents, you know. But my mom was one of those people that always, you know, looked out for other people, uh, looked out or or wanted to do whatever necessary in the community to uh, help one another. So you know, that was a you know a legacy that she started that I like to, and I hope that my kids continue with the Make a Dent Foundation to uh, helping other people, you know. Her thing was always saying, you know, how you get to heaven is how you treat God's children. So, you know, touching God's children is what she did all the time, and, and that's still, in, you know, instilled in me. And uh, I started a, 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 a program at Columbia College, a sports management program. I remember talking to them, and they said, you know, we don't have sports, you know, we're an entertainment group. And I said, well, it's, you know, management, it's part of sports. Management is part of all sports or business or entertainment. So you know, everybody can't play, but you can be involved in sports by management. So, um, so we started endowment at Columbia College. The school matches my fund, and we've been doing this since about 2003 to help kids get to school and help kids finish school. You know, that's what it's all about. Some kids are in school, can't get out because they need money, and some need to get in school. 
So, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's very important, you know, to my heart, to uh, helping people out and helping people to fulfill their dreams because, you know, God gives you the ability to dream, but he ain't going to work on it. So, you know, you have to figure out, you know, you have to figure out the way to get what you want. You know, if you can dream it, then it can come true, but you have to work on it. Well, and one of the things that I really love is that, you know, since the strong foundation that you, um, uh, lowercase foundation that you started, we've then been able to think about kind of blending our own skills and aspirations and passions and also some of the current needs and issues that are challenging some of the, uh, you know, uh, some of the major issues that are challenging us, not just in the city of Chicago, but around the United States and, and around the world. And so the foundation, uh, you know, we're working together on some really new and interesting initiatives that are really about um, blending, uh, you know, everything from social justice to environmental issues under one spectrum right, that we're calling right. social sustainability and really creating a very different, multifaceted way to bring together leaders and influencers who can start to have a real deep impact on our society and, and collaborate with us in ways that are meaningful and have more um, impact over time than we could have, you know, just tackling things on our own individually, just us or just industry or just education. So I'm really excited about some of the things that are in front of us as well. Well, I mean, it's it's important to try to make a difference somewhere, some way. Some people say, oh, my voice don't mean anything. You know, if you keep it to yourself, true, it won't mean anything. You have to put it out there. Trust me, it's it, it does, and, and, and if people get a hold and people get involved with you, it, it's amazing what you can do. So don't feel like, you know, uh, you're left out or, or yet no one really cares. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, this is a planet that was here millions of years before us and to be here millions of years after us. So, and when you think about some of the things that people have done before our time, uh, it's going to be people thinking about some of the things that you did, you know, before their time. So putting going on record is very important. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, have a voice, use it. One of the things that, you know, I'm excited about is using this show as an opportunity to not just us help hopefully get our voices out there, but encourage the voices of a lot of different people, different perspectives, including people who are calling in, calling in. So, you know, people are probably wondering, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, your stories and what you're working on together, but I bet people really want to know how we met. How is it that the two of us came to be together? I mean, you're a lucky guy to be with somebody like, how did you, how did you catch somebody like me? Do you want to tell? Go ahead. You tell. Now, listeners have to say, I always tell this story, so I'm a little nervous to let Richard do it. Go ahead, babe. You you tell. Well, we was at a restaurant by the name of Japanese in town, and, and, uh, I was strolling in the restaurant, a friend of my buddy, one of my buddies, Michael Jordan, and a friend of his, his security guy that worked for him. His name is George, and it was George's birthday and my birthday. Our both our birthdays, December thirteenth, and and uh, what was the gentleman name that you that used Haven. to work? Haven. Yeah, that's it. So I'm like, I said, oh, I know that guy over there. That's well, but who's the young lady beside him? I'm have to come over there and let me slide over here and say hello and see if I can. Slip my name in there, a number or something. Let me, yeah, she, she's, she definitely caught my eye, and and, and uh, fortunately, uh, she still keeps my eye. So, uh, but uh, uh, I, I, I uh, say here's somebody that you know 
look lovely and somebody that I can fall in love with. Let me hear what she's talking about. She looks good. Now let's let me you know, let her open her mouth and see what she's talking about. <laughs> so I invited you to lunch. It was at the next day. We had, we had lunch at, mm-hmm. at the private club, the tavern club. Mm-hmm. We had yeah, lunch. Yeah, that's it. It was like an interview. I've had a couple concussions. You know, sometimes it's hard to pull this stuff up, but you know, that's something that have not went away, baby. I can't believe Isn't you remember that, that. That is just too cute. And it was happily ever after. And this is true. That is not true. Is true. You know good and well there's more to this story. <laughs> It was. It was love at first sight. It was. And well, I, I don't know your view of it. You know. You, you, no, I, no, no. I tell the story. I tell the story that when you came over to the table, that that I I extended my hand. You were introducing yourself to me, and I could not remember my name. The first time in my entire life, I could not recall my name. Go figure. So yeah, you know it was truly it love like at first sight. So, you know, now, now when I tell you around the house that you know the, the licks and sometimes concuss- oh, sometimes I yeah hey I, I don't remember you have to give me some time so you know I'm glad I'm glad I heard that so oh, so I said you remember that baby you remember that you know sometimes you feel, you know, I was in the meeting the other day I, I left the house yesterday going to a meeting in Rockford and get there and on my way back I left all my money at home so I had to call Bill tell Bill get hey Bill I need some money to get home Things happen sometimes. I'm just letting you know what you're working mm-hmm. with. I, I think okay. I think you think I'm teasing you, but I'm just being real. You can remember who won the voice. I- <laughs> Some country guy, I don't know his name, but you know, some country singer. I thought. You know. Oh, ladies, we know that this is optional, right? We know this is selective. But but I have to say, the other thing that makes our story really interesting is that. It was it was love at first sight, genuinely. This is too much. But we definitely didn't get everything worked out the first time around. We had to go through our own little learning curve. So yeah, we, I was going through some stuff at that time. I guess I didn't come along fast enough. But you know, hey, yeah. That's going to be one of the topics of another show. Keep your, keep your stake in the ground. God will give you a second chance. And here we and, and here we are. We back again. And that's exactly the point. And we I didn't let it get away this time. Mm-hmm. Did we? There's something uh, to be said about appreciating what you have once you lose it. And this is true. Once you lose it, and so here we are back together again, trying to take not take for granted anything. And that took three or four years for it to come back, right? Lord have mercy, it did. Yeah. But you so, know, things work out the way they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah. Well, you know, something told me, and something in my blessings and God. Say, hey, somebody's coming back into your life. Be careful about the steps you're taking. Mm-hmm. And here you are. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Okay, Isn't everyone. That Words of wisdom. The tweetables by Richard Dent. <laughs> tweetables. <laughs> so yeah, I like to describe us as kind of the you know the the official uh, new new school modern family, right? You have two adult daughters, Mary and Sarah. They're living happy and full lives. Two young boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shiloh and RJ, nine and six, and. They're challenging us to keep our sanity. Oh, and then since we didn't have enough going on, we decided to get a dog. Yeah. The, the largest dog in the world, Miko. Yeah. yeah. Got to have a dog bigger than you. Our you know. fluffy oversized 145 Nikita. pounds. What are you, about 110, 120 now? <laughs> yeah, yes, 110. That's right. That's right. Is that That's, right. That's for the record. <laughs> you got a little bit more back than that, mm. baby. I'm just teasing. <laughs> You're okay, though. All my business on radio. Good thing yeah. this is radio. And and we're traveling quite extensively, so of course. Uh, and then there's you're traveling extensively. Well, your work, I guess, puts you in that position. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's an adventure trying to integrate all the aspects of our personal and professional lives. But Which, I think you love what you do. I love what I do. Do you really? Yeah. Didn't, didn't you say was everybody this, starts this, with a dream, an aspiration? Is it, was was that your dream to do what you're doing? Yep. Touching people. 
helping people figure out people how to get through you know what they need to get through to get better to be better or yep or to be sustainable corporation universities it's the same thing i've done my entire life i've never done anything else i've always i've always done the exact same thing social justice and leadership that's it and yeah. i guess we all have our gift thank god i found mine when i did it wasn't a direct path i mean i didn't i mean my my field and my work didn't really exist it's not like there's a you know how to become a leadership guru um course that you take and certification I had to work on it for a long time but I think that's the that's the point that you made earlier it's all about passion finding your passion digging deep into it and then riding it out see where it'll take you you didn't know what you were going to do when you ended up at TSU I certainly can't imagine that you expected to be a hall of famer well I tell you I I knew that I wasn't an offensive lineman (laughs) I knew I yeah 180 pounds who I'm gonna push Right. So, you know, I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, hey, it's a whole year over here. I start doing the math, start looking at the, you know, the line. I'm I'm number five and number six in the depth chart. I'm like, well, hell, I'm, you know, and I started doing the math saying, well, this guy here is here and there. So by the time I play, I'm going to be a senior. See, nobody's going to know I didn't come here for that. You know, so I started to looking at the defense and what they was doing. I said, well, you know, maybe I need to get over there. But uh, uh and it happened, you know, and I started preparing myself, you know, and, and like what you do, you know, I didn't know I was going to play football. I mean, you can't play football all your life, but, you know, in life, it's all about what are you doing for people? Perfect. That's a perfect segue, because when we get back, let's talk about how we transition from one point in our lives to the other and and how it is that we'd like to use this show to help people facilitate conversations like that in their own lives as they're going through one from one stage to the next do one thing great then you get a chance to do another one absolutely tweetable okay so let's switch gears one more time for a few minutes while we are at a commercial break please visit our website www.dietajones.com to check out our latest blog posts including the one on today's show share your comments Hit us up on Twitter at Dieta M. Jones and at Richard underscore Dent 95. We want to hear from you. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dieta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dieta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at dietajones.com. Mothers and daughters have a unique relationship. There are trying times and loving times. There is joy and there can be heartache. Listen for Communicating from the Heart, the Empowered Mother-Daughter Relationship. Your hosts are Elizabeth Lutz, along with her daughters, Danielle and Melissa Schoeniker. Come with them as they share an open and honest discussion to help mothers and daughters everywhere strengthen and support their own relationships. Listen Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run, and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, Sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or download it to Kindle. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to djones at dietajones.com. Now, back to the show. We're back and continuing our conversation on who are Richard Dent and Dieta Jones. So, Richard, right before we went to break, we were talking about um, transitioning and yeah, greatness. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things That's, you left us with is, hey, if you can do one thing great, you can do two things great, back to back. Confidence, confidence. And that's what, it, you know, that's what takes place. You know, you, when, you know as a kid, I mean, I, uh, uh, at yeah, six, seven, eight years old, you know, I started cutting grass. I always wanted, I, I knew my family couldn't do for me like, you know, maybe it did for my other two brothers and had three younger brothers. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't much there. So it was very important to, you know what, just go out and get you home. You know, and that's when I left the band and started cutting grass and start working in grocery stores, start working in clothing stores. Start, you know, I, I probably worked every fast food known to man in Atlanta. You know, and and but it did what it you know it, it gave me an opportunity to you know broaden my horizon, and I bounced all over the place. And, and one of my buddies, Scott Dean, told me, "Hey, Rich, you know you can do that the rest of your life. Why don't you try your dream? You can always come back here and do that." I said, "You know, you got that. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot." And that's what happened. And I gave it a shot, and. And, you know, played the game now, went to college, went to the NFL, had dreams about being Super Bowl MVP, Pro Bowl, you know, leading rusher, all those dreams. Never never really dreamed about the Hall of Fame. That's something people tell you. If you're doing well enough, then you may be in that class. So I had a chance to get to that class. But, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I could... You know, I, I, I could have done a lot of other things that wasn't right, too. But, you know, it, it's just sometimes you have to step outside of yourself and see where you are and see where you want to go. You know, and at some point I realized that, you know, sports going to come to an end. But what is it that I like? What is it that entertain that I felt entertaining to me? You know, so to me, I'm going back to my kid days of being able to work and being able to express and being able to serve people. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's all about servicing people. You know, people trying to look for jobs and this and that. Find out what you love. Do that. If you can't do that, if you put all what you have into that, you will have an opportunity to do something else in life. But you must put everything in there. I love it. That's really interesting. And I, you know, I think about, I think about sometimes when I do speeches, I talk to people about kind of motivation and drive and confidence. And 
I give stories about my my young days too and some of the things that impacted me and I think about how, you know, I was the oldest of, you know, four children and I I played the primary caregiver for all of those uh, younger brothers and sisters, younger sisters. My mother worked multiple jobs, uh, Mm -hmm. oftentimes three jobs at a time trying to raise us, which was really tricky. We moved quite a lot. But I remember specifically at one point in life, I was, I remember I was 14 years old and I needed to get a job. I needed to have some financial um, income. And so I went out and got a job at Claire's Boutique. And it's the doggone story. We lived. Oh, you remember, you don't know. That? Yeah, exactly. You don't know. It's this little tiny store in every single mall in America that has million. I call it Trinketville. It has every so you single didn't, thing so you didn't go under to the sun. No, no, no. I went. I went here and I got a job at the mall because I, I thought I might be able to do this. And, and it, it sells all these little um, girly things like like earrings and bracelets and tiaras and sashes and just every single thing you can think of that, you know, would get you ready for prom or a date or whatever. And I got a job there, but what it required was I was I can, 14 I can years old. You, I can see you doing well, that. Well, let, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah, r- 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 <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> we're not at that part. Yeah, we're not. So, okay, so, you just appear to be that. But go ahead. That's, so, I'm sure you're a good salesman. So we, I was at, I was 14 years old, and you're supposed to be 16 years old to work. But I lied. I looked young, older hey, than I, I was did at the too. time, and I needed to work. So I said I was 16. And the tricky part is that it took me two buses to get there, and I ended up with a shift that was from 5 to 9 p.m. after school. And so I had to get from school onto two different buses to get me to work every day by 5 p.m. And then Ooh. I'd stay there until 9 o'clock at night. And I didn't have, we grew up very, very poor, so I didn't have the appropriate clothes. So I had to use any bit of money that I made to buy the appropriate outfits to wear. And I had to wear stockings, you know, the, like lay, like stockings Layers. that we women would wear, grown women. And I couldn't wear them very well at 14, so I tore them all the time. I spent all my money between buses and buying myself food and stockings just to survive day to day. And when I got there... I wasn't old enough. They didn't think I was old enough and responsible enough to work the cash register. And so they would have me in the back opening up all these tiny little pieces of jewelry out of these tiny little earring bubble wraps and then hanging them on these little tiny earring trees and doing this over and over and over. And I would do that every day for five hours and I'd get back on the bus and I'd be back home at 1030 at night. Oh, and by the way, on the way home, I had to drop off the money from the cash register at the bank by myself. I'm not old enough or responsible enough to work the cash register when I can drop off the money. And here's one of my other job duties. This was the doggone thing. So one of my other job responsibilities was piercing ears. Claire's Boutique is one of those places where they have those earring guns, literally Mm -hmm. the little metal guns. So you take a marker... And people do this all the time. They bring their babies like right home from the hospital. Their girl, like on the way home from the hospital, they bring their baby girl. I know already. My was sticking again. They why want, are they screaming? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Why not? And, they, and they're like, we want it to be a once. girl. We want it to be easily identified as a girl. So I'll get a marker and I draw these little tiny dots on the earlobes. And then I would pierce ears with this gun. I would have to, you know, mat line up a squirming baby with this gun and pierce their ears. And it was so tricky because once you did one ear, the baby was so squirming and agitated that the other ear was almost impossible. So I learned, this is what I mastered. I mastered actually taking two guns, lining them up with the dots and doing them at the exact same time. And I'll be dang if that wasn't the most horrifying experience. I'm 14 years old, mentioned. Now, now listen, I'm sure the policies have changed. I'd like to put out any disclaimer that I'm sure the policies have changed since then. And I'm sure anyone who I pierced your ears, they're still perfect. No infections, nothing like that. But it made me at a very young age, get acclimated to, I have to learn how to jump into the deep end of yeah. the pool. I have to learn how to work myself into the ground. I'm willing to work hard. But I also had to realize that there were certain things that I was going to have to 
do and make sacrifices for if I was ever going to want to get out of the circum get out of the circumstances that I was in. Well, so yeah. that real serious work ethic that came at a very young age that came along with being the oldest, being yeah. you know being a provider for myself, being a provider for my house, knowing that mm-hmm. there were limited means. All of those things are right, really right. similar themes I think that have informed both of us. Yeah, it's just like that. That same thing in sports, you know. It, it, people say special team. You, know, you have to play special team or show that I can play special team. Then you can get another, another job. And the reason that we run the 40-yard dash, and when you punt the ball or you kick the ball, the ball has hang time. The hang time is somewhere of around four seconds. And so the, the objective is to get people that can run four, five, four, six, forty. Because when you punt the ball, the ball lands somewhere between four to four or five seconds, and that's covered. So all what your team is asking you for is, Give it all for five seconds. That is not much. Football itself is a 15, 20-minute game, but goes over three hours. 15, 20 minutes. Think about that. You know, some people work out. Some people run a mile in, in 10 minutes. or I mean, Well, two miles in, in, in 10 minutes. I'm sorry. But uh, 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 this, is, this is how you get to the next step in sports, man. So being on special team, do that well enough. Then say, hey, okay, we need to put him out there somewhere else. And that's that's how you continue to move. Getting the opportunity to shoot, you know, ear piercing, you know, getting the opportunity <laughs> or, or whatever it is, whatever. You know, well, pretty, that's pretty just cool. one example. That's but it's, one. it's definitely about, you know, even early in life having some of those really difficult kind of trials and tribulations Scary that thing. make you, well, that make you really say, okay, where am I and where do I want to be? And then how hard am I willing to work for it? And I, and I think, I actually believe that it all is about vision. And it's hard when you don't come from much to have a vision for where you want to be because you don't know what the options are. You don't know and sometimes, what, what to dream. You, know, and, you don't know how big your dreams could potentially be. And, and, and sometimes people are not ready for success. And sometimes oh, when you're looking for that vision and, and you get there and you're not ready or you don't know how to sustain yourself there. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so sometimes people are asking for something that they're not aware of. They're not aware of all the complications that come with it, you know, and, and that can be an issue itself. You know, I can recall, I mean, I worked out, you guys probably heard of Zestores. I don't know if you heard of Zestores, but that was in Atlanta, you know, and this other French restaurant that I started working at, and and they used to make me cut up the garlic. I hated it. I didn't know. I, hell, I didn't know what garlic was until I smelled it and chopped it, and the next thing you know, it's smelling, you know, I'm with it all day, three, four days. kind of remind me of when I used to go fishing with my dad. My dad, you know, we used to fish everywhere, and I used to have to gut it and clean it. You know, now I'm three days smelling like fish. I don't want to touch a fish anymore. I mean, I, I like fishing, but I don't want to pull it out of the water. Oh, Richard. But it's enjoyable. All though. your prima donna tendencies are explained right here. In well, that, that, that was such a little light yeah, that was a, that was a serious moment. There. <laughs> I remember, you know, my dad getting stopped on the side of the road uh, in Coverton, Georgia, and uh, uh, in Coverton and Stone Mountains, where the clans used to, you know, reside in Georgia. So the, the sheriff told, "Hey, you, you know, you need to come on, follow me back, and we'll get somebody to come and get your kid." That's no, nah, I don't want my kids. Can you just let me? You know, I'll pay the ticket later or whatever. You say, yeah, no, no, you got to come to the jail and have somebody come in. It's okay. Well, we'll follow you. We took off. Dad made a left while, you know, and, and left the cop 
and dust. And, you know, obviously two days later they showed up to get him. But I told him I appreciate that, Dad. Because I didn't want to be Dad, left there. Yeah, because yeah, because you didn't Yeah, because your license has expired for fishing. It was your fault. It wasn't my fault. I was just riding along. My dad my, my well, my mom always wanted me to ride along with Dad because I would come back and tell her everything that he did. <laughs> That was again, again. We know everything. That was that was back in the days. You know when your dad used to have you ride with him. He would go stop at this little house and get a drink and come back all happy and guggly. Yeah, you, know, you don't know what's going on. I don't know. I, you know he just seemed a little bit more gullible <laughs> than before. <laughs> so gullible. Yeah, that sounds like my childhood too. Okay, we're gonna take one last break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna transition. And I want to tell you a story about riding around in the south myself. So here we are, our last time switching gears for a few minutes. While we're at commercial, visit our website, www.dietajones.com, or check out our Twitter, Dieta M. Jones, and at Richard underscore Dent 95. Give us a call. We're rolling. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, Sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or download it to Kindle. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home, and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Dieta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dieta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at dietajones.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to djones at dietajones.com. Now, back to the show. We're back and continuing our conversation. Who are Richard Dent and Dieta Jones? Richard, before break, you told a story about riding with your dad, going fishing in Covington. 
um, and, you know, the home of the KKK in Georgia. And it made me think about a time when I was young. I grew up, you know, I, my, my father is black and my mother is white. And I grew up, um, even though I'm very, very young, I grew up during a time, very young, even though I'm so, so young, I grew up during a time where interracial relationships were still um, not not as popular. You know, Hallie and Tiger and them brought that in style. We weren't in style before then. Yeah, so. I might have been hung. Lord have During that time, they yeah, probably yeah. hang me up. Well, yeah, exactly. And so my father and mother had three little brown kids in the back of their car going from Chicago to a family funeral in Arkansas. I remember this, and I was still quite young um, when they were still married. And we got pulled over and taken to jail. And this was a pretty regular occurrence where, you know, you get pulled over and taken to jail, the whole family, because you're riding around with a white woman. Even if that white woman is your wife and you got three little brown babies in the back seat and staying all night hung up in a jail in the middle of who knows where, you know, so between the mom and and locked up the kids and the dad. Well, they didn't lock us up, but daddy, but somebody definitely, had to get da- daddy definitely had a hard time. But it's interesting thinking about. You know, even looking back on some of the situations that we grew up with. And the thing that really is the doggondest part about it is that here we are in 2014, all these years later, where so much has gone into trying to make social changes. And both of us and many other thousands of people around the world have dedicated our lives to trying to make social changes. And we're living at a time where we have just as much racial turmoil as ever. And I would go so far as to say, inconsistent with Justice Ginsburg, very wise consideration in my opinion, that we've actually slid backwards in a lot of ways related to race in the United States. So it's interesting just to think about, you know, what some of the huge issues are of our time, but also um, how happy I am that we're going to be able to talk about some of these big issues. Well, that's, that's, that's very important to me. I think it's important to, to uh, cover some of these things that's taking place in the country right now. You know, <clears throat> Um, the, you know, the president just come out talking about uh, opening up Cuba, and, and you got some of the older people in Cuba talking about what has been done to them. It's well, how's the hell? It's no different than what was done to black folks in America. So you know, we all been through something. The point of it is, where are we going today? You cannot put the problems uh, or the the issues on the kids today. The point of it is, you just don't want to repeat these things. So. Not talking about it is a big issue. The point of it is you have to be able to talk about it. And this is where America, you, you know, is somewhat afraid to talk about things that their ancestors or their fathers and things that has been taking place over the last 50, 60, 200 years or so. So but when you talk about things, then, you know, inside you can let some things go. You feel good about it. But some people just don't feel good about it because they feel ashamed of their families and whatever, but that's fine. It's not you, but yet, you know, some families still instill certain things. You know, kids don't know black or white. They have no idea. A kid knows what a parent will teach them. Otherwise, they have no perspective of color. Yeah, we have a lot. We have a lot to chew on. We're living in very complicated times. And so that I think that, you know, kind of brings us squarely back to, the the opportunity associated with this show that we're going to blend our personal and professional lives, our personal and professional visions in order to cover some of the real multidimensional issues that are facing our world and the kind of myriad of issues from a variety of different aspects and voices that um, that we need to start grappling with differently. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important. I mean, when I grew up, I mean, my mom, some of my mom's best friends was white and she worked for them. So, it, you know, and, and 
everybody. I mean, I remember a lady told her once she get her license, she's going to buy her a pink Cadillac, you know, and, and my mom didn't get her license until I got in the league and I bought her a car. But the point of it is, you know, I, yeah, I didn't know growing up, you know, you saw a lot of things on TV and what was taking place. I thought about being a Black Panther. You know, I, I, I saw with the possibility of going to war. I'm like, I don't want to do that. But, you know, it, these are things that taking place that, you know, I love to have the conversation because what that did was, you know, that really instilled, you know, a leadership quality, you know, in my family of what some of my brothers did, good and bad things. It allowed me not to make those mistakes. Well, we're going to keep talking about these things. And listeners, we want you to um, come along with us for the ride. We want you to contribute. We plan to bring you topics that are of interest to a diverse audience with special emphasis on people who have uh, will, who are willing to have uh, high-minded discussions. Please come um, on. Yes. Absolutely. We'll have guests on regularly who can speak authoritatively on topics like race, workplace conflict, personal brand, and reputation management. We'll have some really interesting celebrity spots with some great athletes, especially Hey, Super Bowl is just around the corner. I think we may be able to get some fun athletes in. And we will, of course, um, encourage you to uh, stay connected with us through our blog and, um, and our, our live comments where you'll be able to call in. So really quick, let me just tell you. First of all, we've loved every minute of this show. Richard, I've loved every minute of this show. It's been a blast. We want you to join us next week when we will be joined by Stacey Ferguson, who is a bloggist and an entrepreneur and an innovation and brand strategist. And April Holmes, who is a Paralympic gold medalist and yes, best-selling yes. authors, both Sweet of which lady. are remarkable and uh, well-accomplished women, um, to talk about brand strategy. And we'd love to hear from you along the way. So use the blog to post your comments and ideas for the show. We're eager to respond. And until next week, keep finding ways to make a dent in pursuit of your dreams, to serve your communities, and to wake, make our world better. Come and see us later because we're rolling! Thanks again for tuning in. Please join Dietta Jones and Richard Dent for another edition of DJ and the Bear. We'll be back next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.